The Rum and the Mist show that you are currently tuned into will begin in about five minutes. Until then, enjoy this wonderful tune. Why does a good man have to listening to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast presented by Realm of the Mist Entertainment with your host, John Tolley. everyone and welcome to war of the stars a star wars podcast we are coming to you from deep within the outer rim far beyond the watchful eyes of the galactic empire my name is john mark tolly and joining me today as always ladies and gentlemen he is not only the president he is a founding member of the ll37 slash fanfic fan club ladies and gentlemen <laughs> mr christopher stolly stop looking at me i can't perform when you're looking at me <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> That's fucking great. 
Oh, that, that's my that's my favorite intro for you ever, Chris. <laughs> and the other voice you hear is, of course, the host of the Star Wars Kingdom podcast, Mr. Brian Miller. Brian, how are you doing today? Uh, full disclosure, I am all hyped up on Dayquil right now. So if I say anything really fucked up, I'm really sorry in advance. I This should be an awesome show. It probably will be, yeah. <laughs> I hate, well, to, to be fair, he took NyQuil and Sudafed on Sunday, and he just woke up for the show. So, wow. What day is it? <laughs> what year? <laughs> what, when, what am I? What is this? Who are you people? <laughs> uh, well, again, as uh, always, we're going to start with a little bit of news. And the first piece of news is, of course, the... Um, news of a possible Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series. And now, uh, Brian, uh, you and Chris might know a little bit more about this than I do. Um, you got your ears a little bit more to the ground. Um, is this actually been confirmed or is this just still speculation? Um, it hasn't been confirmed yet. It hasn't been confirmed, okay. but it has been reported by MakingStarWarsNews.net, which they're yeah. pretty much never wrong. Right. Okay, so it's basically one of those things of not officially confirmed, but all but confirmed. Right. It's kind of like when all the rumors started coming out that, all, that Alden Ehrenreich was going to be the new Han Solo, and we yeah. all knew it like months <laughs> before they even announced it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. So well, let's let's get with start with that first, real quick. What do you guys think of a uh, solo TV series? Well, I'm glad they're not doing it. Yeah, I'm glad they're not doing a solo series. Um, no, Obi Wan, I'm all for it. Obi Wan, um, I mean, yeah. Obi Obi Wan, I'm all for. I'm still a little disappointed we didn't get the uh, standalone film, just because I I'm you know am more partial to the films than the TV shows. Even yeah. Especially since I haven't seen a live action TV show since uh, the Ewok Adventures. Uh, but at the same indifference, I don't care if it's TV or film. Give me Obi-Wan, especially if we are talking, which rumor, don't know, especially if we're talking about Ewan McGregor reprising the role. The, the role. Yeah, that was the, that's the big thing is, are we going to get Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and nowadays it's not that big of a stretch to see a, there was a time when, you know, to see a, a, big name movie star to a TV series was unheard of. But now with, um, you know, all these streaming services and, you know, and things like that and TV be getting bigger with streaming services and streaming shows, it's really not unheard of to see big name stars doing TV shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, you and take on that role personally but um and the other question is is excuse me if it's during the time period that i think it's going to be are we going to see a young luke uh i don't well probably probably at some point well i think it depends that'd be a missed opportunity yeah i think we should i think we should see a young luke but I, i don't think he should be forefront I think, right. it be one of the, I think it should be one like, of those like things. Like what they do with Rebels. I think he should be like somewhere in the background that like Obi-Wan's watching him all the time. Maybe once in a while have the kids come up and say, hi, hi, Mr. Uh, Kenobi, or hi, Ben, and Uncle Owen yell for him. 
and mm. that's the end of his his real involvement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it also I, depends on you know how far after episode three this is supposed to take place. Because right. if this is you know starts out immediately after, like Obi Wan's you know gets on gets on not Coruscant but gets on Tatooine, and is setting up, and you're going to have basically Luke as an infant. Mm-hmm. So it the it, the story is going to be more the relationship between Obi Wan and um uh Aunt Ber- Uncle and uh, Owen, Owen and Baru, and maybe even seeing how that relationship deteriorated to where we see it is what how we see it in episode four, mm-hmm. where he's telling Luke, "I want you to have nothing to do with that old man." Right. You know, maybe maybe we see that you know that relationship, how that relationship goes. But right now, it's all just speculation and just kind of we're just guessing. Um, right now so nothing really concrete well if, if there's if there's interaction with any characters uh on tatooine from a new hope i think you hit the nail right on the head is i think we should have more interactions with baru and owen and their knowledge of the fact of who ben kenobi actually is and of course they're chasing him away from luke because they're overprotective of luke and don't want him to follow the path of his father yeah. We'll see, we'll see in the comics right now, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say right now, in the past, there's been, we had three little issues that happened um, during the Star Wars comic. It was kind of a callback to, to when Obi-Wan was on Tatooine and, and Luke was in it. But we saw some of the interaction between uh, Obi-Wan and, and uh, Owen in that, you know, and, and there was even a part, or a couple parts in the comics where, you know, you had Obi Wan trying to he like he was watching Luke from afar and realized that Luke had these like tinkering abilities, you know, the mechanic abilities like what Anakin had, and was trying to promote that. And he was trying to give Anakin boxes of parts and stuff to work, or uh, trying to give Luke boxes of parts, uh, parts and stuff. And and Owen found out about it and he took the parts back to Obi Wan's house and gave them back to him and he said, "You stay the hell away from me and my family." And he felt so bad about it that he ended up buying more parts for Luke, trying to bond with luke the same way obi-wan was trying to help him you know what i mean because he realized that obi-wan was right about it but during this whole thing you know luke gets into some trouble with some bounty hunters and obi-wan saves his hide and i think owen sees that but he also saw the way obi-wan did it which was by the way very brutal and uh it kind of pushed owen off a bit but you can't like you guys were saying you can't do an uh, an obi-wan series without having owen lars there i would love to see something like that it'd be a missed opportunity to not bring back a, a classic character like that, you know, or even w- all of them, both Lars and Luke, you know what I mean? Well, obviously we can't bring the original uh, Owen back from 1977, but do you think we could, uh, would you even want to see uh, Owen and, and, and Baru uh, from the prequels return, especially if we get Ewan? you in? That, that's really the only thing you can do that I think would yeah. be acceptable. Yeah. Plus, you know, if if you go straight from episode three into this Obi Wan series, when you see Ewan give over Luke to to them, and it's the same actors between that and then the show, yeah, it's going to be a nice. And, and besides, they've all aged about the right amount now at this point, like to to be mm-hmm. ten years older than what they were in episode three. I mean, granted, that movie was fourteen years ago, but uh, holy they've, shit, they've aged. has it really been fourteen years? Yeah, 
It yeah, has, I dude, know. this year's the 20th anniversary of Phantom Menace. Think about that. Oh my god, that's insane, right? Wow. Like, because I remember when I was a kid in '97, that was the 20 year anniversary of the classic trilogy. Now I remember thinking, God, that was so long ago. I wasn't even alive for that, and now I'm like 20 years past that to Phantom Menace, and I'm like, Holy shit, are you kidding me right now? I know it doesn't seem that long. I mean, it's just, yeah, wow. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel old. <laughs> I, I got y'all. I got y'all. I got you. Don't worry about it. Reality check. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the other thing I wanted to touch on a little bit is this uh, little video and little comments by uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who announced that he was going to be at Celebration and was talking about... Yippee! Uh, fan perception uh, as far as um, getting autographs and um, it says uh, on not um, having guests not invited to celebration he says they invite everyone from pretty much every movie that's been made explained Prince Jr. A lot of times people are either working or they don't want to travel or simply don't have the, have something else going on. If this had been over the weekend, then I wouldn't have gone because I would have been my wife's birthday. So, so, so don't get offended when people you love don't get invited because they were, very well may have. They just simply aren't going to go. It's business. And Tops is in the business of making money. And lots, a lot of these people go to other conventions and know the value of the signature. It's show business, and it's show business at the end of the day. Um, so I just want to go about maybe fans' perceptions and how they feel about like this idea of, well, he should have either like he said, Oh, why wasn't this guy invited? Or, well, I can't believe this guy never showed up to this convention. Does he know how much I love? We all love him. And maybe just kind of a short little discussion on not necessarily fans perceptions, but what we put on the actors as far as expectations. Well, I think I think you hit the nail right on the head with that. Is that again, especially with Star Wars fans, seem to do it a lot. Is we seem to forget that these people are still human beings, and at the yeah. end of the day, this is a job. They're not actually their characters. They're not actually Luke Skywalker or, uh, in this case, uh, Kane and Jarrus. You know, these people do have lives. They have other jobs. They have to to do uh, uh, yeah. family obligations to take care of. And stuff of that nature, even if they absolutely adore and love the franchise that they're a part of, does not mean that they are guaranteed to be a part of everything 24-7. Yeah. Then again, you also have people like Harrison Ford who tries to distance himself from the Star Wars hoopla. It's like, okay, I've been Han Solo. I'm done. Yeah. And and people have to realize, just like I had to realize with George Lucas's original trilogy... You don't own it. He does. Exactly. You, we exactly. don't. We don't own these characters. We don't own these actors. No. You know they're they're, they're, they're not trained monkeys. They don't. You know. Well, they're jump trained every time we tell them. No. Let Let's be fair. They are trained monkeys. That's That's their job. But the thing yeah. is, is they still have lives beyond Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I mean by they're not trained monkeys, they're not trained monkeys in the sense of every time we tell them to jump into their character that they have to be like, oh, okay, I'm, you know. No, absolutely. Brian, am I yeah. wrong? Am I wrong in that aspect, though? Oh, no, not, not at all. Uh, they, it's, 
I see both sides of it, how it is a business, you know, but, but Star Wars is one of these things where, uh, it, it wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for the fans, Yeah, you know? So like a great example of this is, uh, a uh, guy that plays Wedge. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Dennis, um, uh, Dennis Lawson. 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 He's, uh, you know, he's said before that, why would I go? It, I, it's just Star Wars. Who cares? You know, and, and he's got a fan like that character has a serious fan base. You know, I mean, look at Richard J who follows the Canon podcast. He's a huge Wedge fan, right? We want to know what happened to Wedge. We don't know. And and he's got this huge fan base, but now nah, doesn't care enough to show up at a celebration. You know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. kind of messed up. But, you know, you're right. They are just dancing monkeys. That's really all they're supposed to be. And, you know, if their manager tells them, hey, you're going to be here on this date. You go there that day. Yeah. But then you again, there's, there's there's just some people like that. It's not their thing. Like, I, right. I, hate to, I hate to cross franchises here, but like there's some people who eat up the attention left, right and six ways from Sunday. Think of somebody for the sake of argument, like a William Shatner, you know what I yeah. mean? Who, who, who will be everywhere at any time because he wants the attention. But then you've got other members of that exact same franchise that are like, uh, no fan. Uh, Interacting with the fans all the time and happening to play this character all the time, not appealing. Yeah. You know, there's many a people that, like, even though they've appreciated the fandom, they appreciated the opportunity and, and, the, uh, and the chance to be a part of whatever franchise they're a part of, they don't want it to be the dominating force of their life mm-hmm. or career. So I, I see both sides of it. Like, of course I would love to go to a Star Wars celebration and see every actor who played every character that I loved. Yeah. But if they're not there, they're not there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, with that being said, uh, let us move on to the main topic of the day. Um, we are continuing our six week, possibly more look into the women of star Wars. Uh, this week we're going to be discussing uh, what I like to call the queen who would be senator, Padme Nayberry Amidala. Um, well, wow, I'm impressed get... you knew the middle name. I did, <laughs> yes. Uh, let's just get right into it. Um, the mother of Aunt, uh, the mother of Luke, um, and I think. Let's just start from the beginning, like the first time we meet her in the movies. And I don't know, uh, and Brian, you would probably know this better than anybody. Mm. Is there, if there's been anything written about her prior to the movies in canon? Not yet. Um, Not yet. Uh, no, her, as of now in canon, her first appearance is Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Well, and yeah. well, in that, really, that first appearance, you get the sense of. First of all, that she's that she is a woman who has a lot of power, at least in her, in that system. That Wait, she, you know what? I might be wrong about that. Hang on, oh. well, I can know, keep going. I know she was mentioned in Return of the Jedi, but not not by name, and yeah. treat it more as like a a forgotten memory. When Luke asked yeah. Ray about, do you have any memory of your mother? Yeah. And, it, it, you could argue the point of whether or not she's actually talking about Amidala or her adopted mother. Who yeah. was, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh my God, or uh, Senator Organa's wife? I can't yeah. remember her name. I I don't know. 
I don't know that either. But beyond that, I don't think she was ever really mentioned in Legends or or uh, canon at that time up until Phantom Menace. Yeah, I don't remember uh, if there's any Legends books or either that talked about Amidala, but... um, I mean, yeah, you get a, you get this really good sense of, you know, she's one. She's very important. She's a queen, obviously, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I don't know. You just have you just definitely get a sense of someone that has a lot of authority and power, right? Um, I mean, what was your first thoughts like, like the first time seeing this character, and kind of your first thoughts of? At least when it comes to her in Phantom Menace, because I think you get two versions of pa- of Padme in Phantom Menace. Well, you first get, off, her. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I didn't, mean get, to, I didn't mean to cut you off. The and um, you get Queen Amidala, which technically you only see her as Queen Amidala a few times in the movie. Um, the other time it's her, uh, it's Kira, it's Kira Knightley uh, as the uh, handmaid, right? Um, but so you, but the same, but you do get these kind of two different. You get Padme and Amidala, and I don't know. I mean, just well, I'll let you guys kind of talk about it for a little bit. Um, kind of your first thoughts on the, the character. Well, first off, her first appearance is in a Forces of Destiny episode. Uh, I was sitting here thinking about it. There's one where there's a sea creature attacking uh, the hangar on the boot. And chronologically, it happens before Phantom Menace. Uh, um, but that's the only thing. I mean, if you really want to count Forces of Destiny shorts as like hardcore canon, then yeah, that was her first appearance. But if not, then yeah. it was Phantom Menace. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess I'll start off then. Uh, when I when we're first introduced to the queen, I thought dry, uh, characterless uh, monarch that I didn't think would be very important. Now we're talking about the first time I ever saw the film, and yeah. and like Brian just pointed out, you know, we never knew anything about Luke and Leia's mother. Yeah. So I wasn't even sure if this character was Luke and Leia's mother at the time. But as far as being introduced to Queen Amidala, the lady in the in the, the face paint that's just sitting there like the courts take longer than the things in the Senate and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, I really was hoping for it to be a minor we character. We must continue to rely on negotiation. Right. Mm. I, I, I was really I was really hoping for that to be like a, a secondary character who's forgotten about as soon as they got off of uh, Naboo. And then we're introduced to Padme, the handmaid. Yeah. And I instantly fell in love with, with Padme. You know? yeah. And then, of course, I, I wasn't stupid. I but Before we're even introduced to the handmaiding, I, uh, or as soon as we're introduced to this handmaid, it's like, hey... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a Why minute. Is she not wearing the makeup now? Right. You know. So. Yeah. I, I got it, but I mean, uh, I really preferred her out of the queen. Yeah, exactly. Persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, th- I do you think that I mean, do you think that's part of why, or do you think that that was the plan already to have her kind of the next movie no longer be the queen and be a senator was because everyone loved Padme. And it was like, okay, let's give let's give the 
people more of that character because that's the character everyone kind of that resonated more with it with everybody. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's more moving of the story. Um, as yeah. a senator, uh, Padme could be around places where there's Jedi, i.e., where there was Anakin. Yeah. If you keep her as a queen in Naboo, what are you going to do to have Anakin return to Naboo? What are the chances yeah. that Anakin will return to Naboo? Yeah, you know. So I, I think I think it was just story progression that that, that Lucas had decided to, to to make her become yeah. a senator instead of continue on as queen. Exactly. And uh, well, let's just kind of uh, um, talk about the elephant in the room is the fact that, um, and they mentioned that. I think it was in episode. I think it was in Phantom Menace that she was the duly elected queen of Naboo. As let's just talk about the elephant in the room there that she's a 14 year old girl that was elected the president or the leader of an entire planet. Mm-hmm. What what kind of system are they running there? Well, she says in episode two that she was that she was the youngest queen ever elected. Yeah, uh, she does tell Anakin that, but you know it's it's. It's a different culture, you know. And but I mean, look at, at episode one; she was fourteen years old. You know what I was doing at fourteen years old? <laughs> we had that I conversation yesterday. We had that conversation the other night. Yeah, no, it wasn't leading a fucking planet. It wasn't taking troops into battle. It wasn't taking back my people. You know, it wasn't standing in yeah. in the Senate chamber. I, I wasn't doing any of that at fourteen. None yeah, of it. Yeah, me, me neither. I. <laughs> I, 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 I hell, much, I was watching Attack of the Clones at fourteen, going, "What the hell is this?" I, I, I really got the impression that like uh, the reason she was elected ruler of the Naboo at fourteen years old was because she was probably a a prodigy in the Naboo's legal system. Yeah, like uh, she showed proficiency in leadership and laws and 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 stuff of that nature, and that's what ruled her in. Yeah. However, they are about to release a new book about Padme Amidala, mm-hmm. so well, remember, a lot remember, of these questions may be answered. Remember also in episode two when she's talking to Anakin uh, about uh, you know the young legislatives that she was a part of. Uh, when she was younger and, and, and how is this, uh, this other boy that, you know, she kind of liked or whatever, he went on to become an artist, right. you know, and Anakin <laughs> was like, maybe he was the smart one, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, she was into politics well before she was 14, you know, yeah. and she was into politics at 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, when you think about it, when you put it in, in aspects of real life, how do, how do concert, uh, well, world renowned concert pianists, uh, become yes. highly recognized at young ages because they're prodigies, yeah. you know, or or the, like the kid who's the, the ch- world chess master. It's because he was a prodigy, and he started at a very young age. It's it's not it's not unheard of, especially in a world, in in a galaxy, in a world where a queen is elected as opposed to being born into power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. And I mean, to go into history, you know, that's not un- even even in uh, our own world. That's not unheard of. Um, there's a couple of cultures where monarchs were elected, so that's not something that's completely out of the realm of never having happened at all in history of having a monarch that's elected. Um, but that's the discussion for another time. Um, let's um well let's keep going with her um well just like we were talking about her her relationship with 
at least early on with the main characters of Obi-Wan and really Qui-Gon. And mm-hmm. that kind of friendship and that relationship. And then, of course, meeting Anakin. Well, she didn't like Qui-Gon at first. No, yeah. no she did not. <laughs> you know, uh, like I got my sister-in-law watching Star Wars for the first time. I think our next one is Attack of the Clones. We haven't watched one. But we just watched Phantom Menace a few weeks ago. And and uh, I, and it'd been the first time I'd watched it in quite a while. And, and you know, all these things, all these comments Qui-Gon makes, you know, about how the queen trusts my judgment. You should, too. And she's like, you assume too much. You know, stuff like, like, how the hell did Liam, or how did uh, Liam Neeson, how did Qui-Gon not notice that? Qui-Gon, have you looked at, really watched that movie uh, and, and Liam Neeson's performance? He, the character knew. The character knew yes. from Gate. He played along for the sake of, like, Jar Jar, before the sake of Anakin, for the sake of Obi-Wan, you know, Panaka and everybody know, else man. around him. But if you if you watch his interactions with her and the way he looks at her, he knows. That's I don't know. I think end, that's part of the reason why he made the comments he made about like the queen doesn't need to know, and then he just lingers that stare a second. You know well, what I toward, mean? Toward the end, when she tells everybody who she is, he even him and Obi Wan will have that look like. Well, Obi Wan was serious? shocked. Obi Wan was shocked, but if you really look at Liam's face, it looked it was more of like a eh, I thought so, you know type <laughs> type look. <laughs> Called it. Obi Wan owes me ten credits. Pretty much. If you look look close at it. You know, go back to that scene, look close at it. It isn't a shocked look. It's a, <laughs> I knew that. More of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things I wanted to talk about is um, how much responsibility and is, is Padme's life and story a warning of what happens when you're blinded by love. So love has blinded you? As as terrible as the dialogue is, I think it actually is a very good moral of like never allowing yourself, e- even if you fall deeply and truly in love with somebody, you shouldn't let your guard down to protect yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and she allowed herself to get so blinded by the love she had for Anakin that she never saw the 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 danger being presented in his actions in his behaviors in his mannerisms even when he had already turned from the dark side attacked the temple and then came yeah. home and hugged and kissed her and she was like she was upset at what was going on but she never once thought oh my god you did this yeah, yeah. no she was just yeah. right there to just believe every word he said you know well even i mean even did he did she was she maybe not a facil? Was she a facilitator? Oh yeah, absolutely. Was she? I mean, had, if had you look she, at episode had two, she body checked uh, Anakin from the get go and was like, "Really? Is that really what happened over there? Really?" Yeah. I think Anakin would have been like, uh, you know, he would have had one of those moments where I killed them, I killed them all again, you know, and then she yeah. would have done this whole well, to be angry is to be human thing again, but. At the same time, had he, I think that, I mean, had he come back and said, I just killed all the younglings, you know, Padme would have, are you, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, this yeah. is, this is really what's happening? No, <laughs> you're on your fucking own, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even we go back to the, the, um, well, you the, almost, killing this. You, not, not to interrupt you, but you could almost, you could yeah. almost, uh, blame Stockholm syndrome for her as well. Uh, like, yeah. you, you, you figure, like, think of everything she went through. She just, 
watched Liberty die when when the Emperor uh, took over the Senate and and reorganized into the Empire. Uh, She Mm. watched the Jedi fall and be called traitors. Then she has Obi-Wan telling her that it's Anakin who turned to the dark side and shit. She refused to believe it, runs to his side. He chokes her to uh, damn near to death. And as they're flying away, the first thing out of her mouth is, where's Anakin? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the dude... The equivalent, Anakin just literally fucking like wife beat his 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 woman to de- his pregnant wife to death. Yeah, and she's still oh I love him so much. Where's Anakin? There's still good in him as she's dying. Yeah, there, there's yeah. some serious like Harley Quinn Stockholm syndrome going on in there. Oh, def- yeah, definitely. Well, even even um, going back to the um, Anakin killing, slaughtering uh, not the younglings but the uh, Sand People. I mean, right there, that should have been the first warning that you're not dealing with someone with a full, uh, full deck up there. Mm-hmm. That is true. That, it's like it's like finding out your boyfriend used to be the kid that sat in the basement pulling wings off of flies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That should have been where he should have gone to uh, Obi Wan and said, "This guy, you need to watch this guy." Mm-hmm. You know. No, you're not. You're not wrong. I. I, I mean. I love the character of, of, of Amadala, uh, of Padme. Um, yeah, she was definitely reckless. Like when we're staying with the uh, Phantom Menace for a minute, I don't think other p- queens have ever used the handmaidens in the exact same way that Amadala did. You know, where yeah. she would she would put Kira Knightley under the mask or or under the makeup or whatever else, mainly so she could just run out and be free. I mean, that was that was kind of showing her 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 teenage age. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but she's always had that recklessness, even as a senator in Attack of the Clones. And but she was gullible and naive to a fault when it came to her heart. She cared too much, and that was her right. major downfall in in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And and we can't we can't forget about the Clone Wars series also. Oh, no. because because she was a pivotal point. You know, I'm doing a rewatch of Clone Wars right now uh, for my Patreon supporters and. And Padme's only popped in and up in it a couple times so far as where I'm at, but I know it gets to the point where she is in it like front and center, mm-hmm. and it's a version of Padme that is very very different from what's in the films. Even between two and three, it's different than what either of those Padmes were. Yeah, you know, and it's the more front center, you know, middle of the battle, not hiding behind the, you know, she's the new Leia. If you look at Clone Wars, you know, and, yeah. and you don't have to make the guys around her look like idiots to make her look awesome. You know, she holds no. her own, even with Jedi. I mean, I yeah. mean, look, so too. also, she was the only Republic fighter in that Jedi arena at first before the Republic troops showed up. She was the only one without a lightsaber, and she was yeah. one of the last few left alive. Few. Aggressive negotiations. Aggressive negotiations. Well, while we hold this a second, because it's time for our commercial break, and when we come back, then uh, we'll, we'll continue this conversation. All right. Yeah. Hi, this is Dave from the Comic Collection at 83 Busselton Pike in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Our phone number is 215-357-3332. We are right next to Northeast Philadelphia. We have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and CDs, graphic novels, other knickknacks, and, of course, comics. Established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello, and say that the guys from RadioCast FM Radio sent you. The address again is 83 Bustleton Pike, 
Feasterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. All right, and welcome back, everyone, to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, when we left, we were talking about the... Um, uh, uh, Brian had brought up um, um, Padme in the Clone Wars, and you know you're right. You know she became the new, in many ways, the new Leia of Star Wars during that in that time of the Clone Wars, and you know really became this kind of front and center, um, someone who was not afraid to get in the mix, but. Also, in many ways, especially near the end of the series, a very uh, push for anti-war, anti the anti-war movement of, mm-hmm. you know, of you know, let's bring this to an end. There's been too much killing. Let's let's negotiate. And you know, she, you, she there you are. What? No, you, you oh. can't. You, you kind of broke for a second. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, and really was the um, many ways the beginning part of the beginning of the rebellion. Well, that that actually does bring up a lot of question uh, that I was thinking about. How, like had had Padme survived, uh, regardless, mm-hmm. if we want to argue about the fact of whether it was uh, she died of a broken heart or or it was uh, my personal <laughs> personal uh, uh, choice into believing is that you know uh, Palpatine. My personal headcanon is that Palpatine killed her um, with yeah. the with the force. But regardless of which, had she not died, let's say she gave birth to Luke and Leia but survived, would she have fought with the Rebellion, especially knowing that Vader was Anakin? Hmm. See, that but, would have brought an interesting dynamic to the Republic versus the Empire, or the Rebels versus the Empire. Yeah. That would have that would have been you know, especially in like Return of the Jedi, whenever, you know, instead of Mon Mothma, it's Padme Amidala and you know, there's the whole trilogy. She's looking at Leia kind of funny, and all of a sudden she comes up and she's like, I'm your mother, Leia. You know, like, and, and you have to go fight your father. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have this beautiful reunion with you, and your brother is having a beautiful reunion with your father right now. <laughs> He's trying to get him to come work for the family company. But do you think she would have snapped out of the, the Stockholm Syndrome and even been a part of the rebellion, or was she been... Would she have uh, greatly joined the intergalactic, uh, intergalactic uh, Senate of uh, the Empire until it was disbanded uh, and stood by Anakin's side? Mm. I, I think knowing Padme's personality, especially what we see in the Clone Wars, I think she would have... I mean, she even said at the end of Episode 3, of, I can't go down the path you're going. Yeah. So I think she would have joined the rebellion, or at least she would have just gone into exile and just been like, "I want no part of either one of this." Yeah, but here's the thing: if, if, because I mean, look at how it turned out with Luke, right? If Anakin, mm-hmm. if Anakin turned into Darth Vader, and then Padme ran off and put himself into exile and was in hiding, as soon as he found out she was alive, what would be the first thing he'd do? 
he'd start hunting her ass down. That's what yeah. that's what he did with Luke. As soon as he found out that the pilot who blew up the Death Star, as soon as he found out their last name was Skywalker, he hired bounty hunters. You know what I mean? Like trying to track this guy down to see who he was. Yeah. And I think he would have done the same thing with Padme, and I think he would have found her. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the choice? Like, she finds out that Anakin, uh, Vader is Anakin Skywalker, and he's done these horrible things while she was unconscious, and her children are separated and hidden. And what? She grabs Jar Jar and goes on a Thelma Louise, a Thelma and Louise uh, travel through the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> ending in a double suicide, but at least she's taking Jar Jar with her. Do you, oh, let me ask you this, and this is maybe a little bit off topic, but I mean, not really. If Padme had survived, mm-hmm. and like what Mark said, went into hiding, and and and, Obi- and uh, Vader had found her, do you think, you know, especially after the, even if the Emperor told him, you know, you killed her, and then he found out that she was still alive, do you think that that would have turned Anakin back to the light, knowing that she was alive? Do you think she could have done that? I think mm. I think it would have pushed him farther, uh, deeper into the dark side. He would have been angry at being lied to by by uh, by Palpatine, and mm-hmm. he would have gone back. The difference I see is I think he would have been darker and uh, deeper into the dark side, but he would have killed Palpatine. He yeah. would be the emperor. He, he would be the ruler of the empire. Yeah, yeah. He would have been mad at both the emperor and Pat. He would have been mad at the emperor for lying to him. And he would have been mad at Padme for abandoning him. Yeah. You know, there wasn't that abandonment with Luke. Mm-hmm. Luke you had know? plausible deniability, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Luke was just, you know, an innocent in the whole thing. You have a point. I didn't think of that, you know. I mean, he could, you know, he'd find Padme, you know, you, why would you leave me? Why would you abandon me when I needed you most, you know? And Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, um, I don't think she would have been the catalyst to, to, to save him. To bring no. him around. No, I don't think so either. I think oh, Luke was the only person really that could have done that. Mm. You know, I think. I think Luke was the one that was meant to do that. Because, I mean, yeah. Ahsoka even got really close at one point in Rebels. Yeah. Ahso- but yes. we knew that Ahsoka couldn't be the one to do it. You know, it yeah. had to be Luke, and there was no way that Ahsoka was going to be the one. She got close. She got yeah. so close I think, that it was stupid. I think Ahsoka was the one, if you're looking at this through chronological order, she you know, Ahsoka, Ahsoka was the one that kind of, <laughs> Ahsoka was the one that kind of found the chink in the armor, so to speak. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I definitely, I, it's one of those things where, you know, if Ahsoka met Luke later on and Luke was like, I turned Vader back from the dark side, Ahsoka can look at me like, I loosened it for you. Well, here, yeah. here's here's a question that could blow your mind. Uh, you, you guys just said that Luke was destined and, and meant to uh, to turn Vader. Well, think back to Empire when Luke rushed off to confront Vader and, and Obi-Wan and, and, and Yoda are arguing about, told you I did reckless as he, now all things are lost, that boy's our only hope. No, there is another. Mm. Of course, now we know that other is Leia. Yeah. But in the aspect, let's say for the sake of argument, Luke failed to turn mm. Anakin. Would Leia be then be able to do it, or would it be a lost cause for Anakin after Luke's failure? Could if Leia had, if, had if, changed had changed him? No, if Luke had failed, then I mean, think about the way Return of the Jedi ended. Uh, yeah. He didn't turn Vader back until. After he realized what he was doing, had Luke gone on and actually ended Vader, 
Yeah. Vader would even have survived it. There would have been no bringing him back. Yeah. You know, and and, and had Luke given into that, it wasn't it wasn't that, you know, and through Luke's actions, I guess you could say it was more through the Emperor's actions that turned him, but it had to do with with Luke. But right. But what I, I'm I, saying, I what I'm what I'm saying is, is like not not when Luke had him beaten down and cut his hand off, but when Luke was getting tortured by the Emperor. Vader had that moment. What if Vader didn't have that moment? What if he stood there and watched Luke die? Could he have been redeemed through Leia? Or would that be, would that been the the final nail in the coffin for Vader dark side for life? Personally, I'm going to say no and not for the reasons I think is because Leia had a completely different view of Vader than Luke did. Whereas Luke saw the good in him, Leia did not. Mm-hmm. Leia had a completely different view of Darth Vader. Well, it's different interactions. Leia had to deal yeah. with the torture droid in A New Hope, had right. to watch her planet yeah. get destroyed. Yeah. Luke, Luke, most of the actions that he dealt with were through the Empire itself, not directly through his father. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can see the look on her face, too, whenever he tells her. When Luke tells her, you know, he's my father, and she that look at disgust, like your father, mm-hmm, you yeah. know, and and then the whole, you know, after Luke leaves her at that point, and she finds, you know, she he tells her that they're brother and sister. That's her dealing with the fact that Vader's her father. Also, when Han comes yeah. out, you know, that's what she's dealing with is finding out that Vader's her father. That because yeah. a lot of people just thought it was she was upset because Luke was going to go face Vader and he may not come back. She was dealing with the fa- that was a whole nother I'm your father moment. For the mm-hmm. other twin, and that's exactly what she was dealing with at that particular moment. Yeah. You know? So yeah, no, it was. Which it, for it, film she was disgusted by him. Which for film delivery, it wasn't as impactful, but for character fulfillment, Luke finding out that Vader was his father probably wasn't as impactful as Leia finding out that not only is Vader my father, but Luke is my brother. Yeah. My whole life is a lie. You yeah. know what I mean for her, because she was raised believing that she was a senator's daughter. She was raised believing that she was the leader of the rebellion. She was raised believing. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, the 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 uh, uh, Organas ever actually told her that she was an adoptive daughter. I think they told her straight out, "You're our daughter." No, well, uh, the the closest information we have to that is Bloodline, the novel Bloodline. And it's Leia, uh, you know, she has a recording from uh, Bale, uh, you know, telling her everything. So I don't think they even told her that she was it. I think you're right. Because in, in Bloodline, when she has that recording, that is the recording telling her that, you know, you're a Skywalker. We adopted you. This is the story of what happened. And then, you know, that's that leads into the big plot twist for Bloodline. You know, and at this I mean, yeah. at this point, either, you know, the, the plot twist or you're not going to read the book. But. Um, you know, when the whole galaxy finds out that she's the quote unquote daughter of Vader, you know, yeah. so that, that recording, I think that was, I think that was the moment. I think she didn't find out until almost sequel trilogy. Well, she found out she knew about Vader being her father, but it's, you know, it's, 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 uh, I lost my train of thought for just a second. Well, it what, was, uh, what I'm I think up to, the like... po- up to the moment where Luke told her that. I think that was when she realized that Bale wasn't her real father. Well, that yeah. that 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 was my point is that I think being raised on Alderaan, I don't think Bale and I, I forget his wife's name. I don't uh, think Brea. 
Brea. Bale and yeah. Brea. I don't think they ever once uh, told her that like we're not your actual parents. Yeah. I think I think from from moment of coming out of the crib, Leia was raised to believe that that was her biological mother and father. Mm-hmm. And up until Luke said, "You're my sister," she may have been like one of those adopted people who was like, "I always knew I was different." Yeah, but yeah. never had it confirmed until that point. My dad yeah. is your dad too. <laughs> Luke's like, "No, my dad is your dad too." <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, well, let's just kind of wrap this up a little bit and one um, really quick and uh, just kind of give our final thoughts on uh, the character and then kind of we're going to touch on uh, a special guest coming for next week. So, uh, Brian, final thoughts on the character of Padme? Uh, you know, like I said earlier, I, th- I feel like she was the uh, the new version I don't want to say new version, but she was the Princess Leia of the prequel trilogy. You know, she was, yeah. and I think, and and more, and I, I want to almost, I don't want to say more so than Leia, but in a way, she was a lot more. I mean, really, a lot more active than Leia was. Yeah. You know, we, we Leia was obviously very active, but we know where Leia gets it now. You yeah. know, like mother, like daughter, and 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 for for the time, I yeah. a, a great character, and you know, and I think I told Chris this today. She was actually my first celebrity crush. You know, mm-hmm. after seeing it was even after Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, but well, she was really I mean, you can make the argument for you and McGregor, but McGregor had already been in a few movies as far as new actresses, you know, mm-hmm. to really she was the one that had the most success post Star Wars. Right. That didn't already have a big career already, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, her and Karen Knightley both kind of, you know, I think, but I think, um, can we her, talk, can we talk about Karen Knightley a second? Uh, her whole entire career sure. is based on the fact that she looked like, uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if it wasn't for Natalie Portman, Portman, Kira Knightley would not even have a career. And I'm not dogging Kira Knightley. I think she's a decent actress. Uh, I liked her in like Pirates of the Caribbean and, 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 and as such, but I mean, she would not have an acting career if it wasn't for the fact that she kind of looked like Natalie Portman when they needed a lookalike for Natalie Portman for Star Wars. Yeah, you know, and and, and to to add on to that real quick, um, back when Episode Nine or Episode Nine, you can tell where my mind's at right now. Back <laughs> when Episode One was getting ready to come out, uh, when I was a kid, we still got TV guides in the mail, and I remember the TV guide covers were there were four covers that made one big picture, and it was for Phantom Menace. It was like an Obi-Wan, uh, uh, Qui-Gon, I think a Boss Nassa. I don't remember what the other one Oh, you know what? I think it was fucking dumb shit. But, um, but anyway, in those TV, oh, yeah. oh, that one. Oh, um, that one. But in those TV guides, they were telling us, they told like different articles leading up to episode one. And I remember one of them was uh, Natalie Portman's mother was uh, in the studio one day when they were getting ready to film. And she was trying to find Natalie. And Kira Knightley ran past, and she started chasing Kira Knightley down, screaming Natalie. But Kira didn't think anything of it because her name's not Natalie, so she just yeah. kept running. And her mom, and Natalie's mother, was like, "Why are you running from me? Stop running for a goddamn moment!" Like, but even her, even Natalie Portman's mother thought that Kira Knightley was was her daughter. Wow, I gotta find those TV guides somewhere. I still got them. I don't know what I did with them though. He's gonna frame the Jar Jar Binks one. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, the long and the short is is that I don't think I don't think necessarily that uh, Padme Amidala was a more influential character than Princess Leia was as far as like females in the Star Wars universe. Oh no. However, I think the character was strong enough to influence, as kind of as Brian alluded to, where Leia got a lot of Leia's personality from. I think yeah. that was conveyed very well. Was she was she meeker than than Leia? Absolutely. But I think the, 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 the tenacity that was displayed in Leia was not only of, of Padme Amidala, but the weaknesses of Padme was overshadowed by the fact that Leia did have Anakin's mm-hmm. blood in her as well. Yeah. You know, so she was she was kind of the perfect blend of both Anakin and, and Padme. By no means do, am I trying to diminish uh, Padme Amidala in the Star Wars universe. She was a strong mm. leader. She was very gifted as a senator, uh, and she was she was pretty much fearless as well. But her major downfall that that Leia did not have is that she allowed her heart to overrule her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, remember to join us next week as we are bringing back. A special guest, Dr. Janice Liddell, will be joining us next week as we discuss uh, Jen Urso and her story in Rogue One. Uh, Remember, as always, you can find us right here on YouTube. And now, Chris, why don't you make the, the announcement where else they can find us? Oh, well, hell, I was going to put it as an out- outro, but I could definitely do that. Give me 30 seconds here. Uh, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and talk to Brian to uh, get all the information of where he's going to while I pull up the information needed to distribute. All right. <laughs> uh, well, Brian, where can they reach you at? You guys can find me on YouTube at the Star Wars Canon Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, you can also find me on the Facebook page under the same name. Uh, I think we're going to be doing a live Q&A uh, beginning of next month probably uh but yeah definitely uh, go check that out and then also make sure to check out our uh, patreon account for the star wars canon podcast we've been doing after shows where we sit down and watch the whole episode of rebels clone wars and resistance uh and we'll uh, sit and talk about the show afterwards for a little while awesome of course you can find me you're breaking Sorry, up bad. that you're, you're breaking up terribly again oh. try it again Sorry. Uh, <laughs> You can find me on the Twitter machine at John Mark Tully one because I am, of course, the number one John Mark Tully on Twitter. Uh, also on Facebook at Mark Tully. And uh, that's about it. Um, Chris, what about you? All right. Well, you can find me on all the social medias under Chris Stolle and, of course, uh, right here at Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Uh, for the new connections, you can find this audio podcast of War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, as well as Realm of the Mist podcast. And it had to be said starring Venus all on uh, Anchor.fm. You can find it at Anchor.fm slash R-O-T-M dash entertain. And we are now also on Google Podcasts at www.google.com slash podcast question mark. That you know what that, that that'll be at the outro feed. You can you can just read it because that's a little long. Of course, you can find us on Spotify as well at uh, open.spotify.com slash show slash a whole bunch of numbers. You'll see it at the end of the outro. Uh, you can find us on Breaker at uh, breaker.audio slash realm dash of dash the dash miss dash entertainment. Pod- Pocket cast at uh, pca.st slash 6wav. 
and recently added to Radio Public at radiopublic.com slash Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Guys, again, these uh, links will be uh, displayed at the outro video of following this video. But come check us out and support us on Anchor and all those other great podcast areas. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The more, and tell your friends, tell your family, tell your family friends. Heck, tell your enemies about Tell your show. dog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be next week's episode. We'll, all, we'll speak all in Chihuahua. I'll make sure I got Hera with me. She's half Chihuahua. Oh, poor dog. I know. <laughs> All right. Until next time, may the force be with you. Always. To witness and unfriendly fate Politics and woman evictions Can't compare to the blood that stands My neighborhood ground You can't.